you to turn in your pew Bibles or your own Bibles to Romans 15. Romans 15, we'll be reading beginning with verse 8 and through verse 13 as we consider praising the God of hope. Uh, We'll be dwelling there on verse 13, but uh, each of the verses... Preparing us for verse 13 are vital as well. But hear the word of God. Romans chapter 15, beginning with verse 8. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen to this reading of God's holy and divinely inspired word. Uh, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, in a hurting and hopeless world, you are the one, the only one, who can give us hope. And you give us hope as a gracious gift through faith in Christ. But we pray this morning that you would be using your holy word, Father, uh, to assure us uh, that we have an unshakable hope in Christ, but we pray as well that your word would remind us of our high and holy calling to be your gospel witnesses to the nations, to all peoples. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, a few Sundays ago, I asked, encouraged, our Hope Presbyterian Church family to begin learning all 107 of the Westminster Shorter Catechism questions and answers, and we'll be doing one a week, so it will take us a little bit of time to go through them all. We're most familiar with the first one. We all should know that that first one by heart should be burned into our memories. What is the chief end of man? And the answer is, and you can look, you know, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. But if I were to ask us all, 
what is the chief end of the church? By the way, that's not in the shorter catechism or the larger catechism, but what is the chief end of the church? You know, what would be our response? You know, look there at the bottom of uh, the front of the worship bulletin. We tried to capture that uh, a few years back. You know, we are to be glorifying God in a gospel ministry of worship, word, and witness. While this answer does not come from the Westminster Assembly of Divines, that would go back to 1647, you know, this gospel purpose statement is based on the gracious truth of God's word, the Holy Scriptures. And as Christ's beloved church, the Scriptures call us all to praise the God of hope, to proclaim his holy word, to bear gospel witness to the saving love of Christ, all by the power of the Holy Spirit. With that as an introduction, let me invite you, if you're not there already, to turn uh, to Romans chapter 15, uh, beginning there with verse 8, again on page 949. Uh, Remember our verse from last Lord's Day, Romans 15, 7, that transitional verse. We are commanded as Christians, therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. You know, Christians should gladly, graciously accept their fellow Christians. That's who is to be welcomed, strong and weak. Believers, Jewish converts, Gentile Christians. You know, for Christ has graciously received us. Christ himself has welcomed us into the body of believers. Now, as we begin with verse 8, the word of God provides us with abundant power uh, for welcoming one another and for praising our God of hope. You know, and our theme as we look at the following verses is this. May all Christians praise the God of hope with scriptural power. Well, how can we praise our God of hope with scriptural power? Well, we'll see in these verses there's a glorious hope, there's a gospel hope, and finally a gracious hope. Let's begin there with Romans 15, verse 8. We are to be praising God with glorious hope. Praising God with glorious hope. And in these opening verses, we'll, we'll see the centrality of Christ. Apostle Paul writes... Here in God's word, for I tell you that Christ became a servant to the uncircumcised. Every Christian can and should be praising Christ uh, that, that he is a humble servant. You know, God's humble servant, but he is serving, serving us as, as well. Uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 45 puts it this way. Mark 10, verse 45. And this is Jesus himself speaking. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
Jesus came to be a humble servant. And here in Romans 15, verse 8, Christ became a servant to the circumcised. You know, what's scripture referring to there? You know, Christ was a servant of God's chosen people, the, the Jews. But, you know, here in Romans, it's especially referring to the Jewish converts, those who, who believe they were saved by their bloodlines or those who were saved by their good works, came to faith in Christ, sinners saved by grace through faith in Christ. You know, but, but here it refers to them as the circumcised. You know, those who received God's covenant sign of faith. You know, Abraham, you know, we, we've seen the name of Abraham earlier in Romans chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. Romans chapter 4, verse 11. He, that is Abraham, received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised, so that righteousness would be counted to them as well, and to make him the father of the circumcised, who are not merely circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. You know, Jesus, you know, public ministry at first focused on, you know, God's people, the Jews. You know, there is an account in Matthew's gospel where a Canaanite woman approaches Jesus and she has a demon-possessed daughter. She's in great need, great distress. And Jesus very plainly tells her at the beginning that he was sent to the lost sheep of Israel. But if you follow that account of Jesus' merciful miracle, he, he does hear her cry. He, he does heal her daughter. He casts out that demon. You know, but Christ showed God's truthfulness, his faithfulness, covenant faithfulness there to the uncircumcised. Look again there at Romans 15 verse 8. Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness, his steadfast love, his covenant faithfulness. Uh, to Abraham, and to all of God's people. You know, the centrality of Christ to the Jews, to the Jewish converts. But, you know, in the same breath, there in verse 9, we see the centrality of Christ to Gentile believers. And in order that the Gentiles, uh, and the word there for Gentiles is, uh, the Greek word is ethnos, and uh, you, can, you can hear it there, the word from which we get ethnic, you know, that, that God's good news is to go to all people, all ethnicities, all races, all cultures, all tribes, all languages. And in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. You know, so here in God's word, it's teaching us, instructing us that 
both the Jewish converts and the Gentile believers are to be praising God with gospel hope. That the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. You know, the Gentiles too can give all glory to God for his mercy and his saving grace to them in Christ. You know, if you're reading through uh, the Bible, and again, encourage you to be doing that, it's never too late, you know, to start the year, or even here on on March the 13th, to begin reading through the Bible a chapter or two at a time. You know, but as you're reading the Bible, you know, start keeping track of, of all the scriptural reasons for praising God with gospel hope. You know, let me give us one reason for praising the God of hope. You know, God the Father graciously sent God the Son. God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, obediently, willingly, lovingly, sacrificially, became flesh, dwelt among us, tempted in all ways as we are, Yet without sin, he was perfectly obedient, died a sacrificial death for our sins upon the cross of Calvary, fully paid the price for our salvation, rose again on the third day, and and he is coming again. You know, praising God with glorious hope. That the Gentiles, and that's us, might glorify God, might be praising God for his merciful love for us in Christ. So it begins by praising God with glorious hope. But next there, the latter part of verse 9, Romans fifteen nine, we are to be praising God with gospel hope. You know, a a rich portion of scripture here. There are four Old Testament quotations. You know, rapid fire. You know, the first one, Psalm 1849. Second one, Deuteronomy 32.43. The third one, Psalm 117, verse 1. And we'll be looking at these again. And then the final one from Isaiah chapter 11, verse 10. You know, and and if you take a closer look at each of these quotations, quotations from scripture one and three are from the psalms the second one is from the law you know the third one isaiah from the prophets and so you could rightly say these these old testament quotations these gospel promises you know are from the law from the prophets from from the psalms So it includes all of Scripture. You know, and the other theme that unites these four verses is that word Gentiles. You're going to see that word Gentiles used in every quotation. One last theme that ties these verses together. You know, that that theme of praise. You know, if you're using the English Standard Version, you'll see these gospel encouragements. We are to praise, sing, rejoice, praise, extol, 
And then the word hope repeated in the last one two times. And uh, there's a growing intensity here. They're building up to Isaiah uh, chapter 11, verse 10. But we begin there with Romans 15, 9. uh, David's praise among the Gentiles. It's almost a word-for-word quote from Psalm 18, verse 49. David proclaims, I will praise you among the Gentiles. Uh, you know, among the nations, and sing songs of praise to your name. And if you have a reference Bible, this verse also appears in Second Samuel 22, verse 50. You know, David echoes this praise after God's sure deliverance. You know, David's praise among the Gentiles. Verse 10, now Moses is rejoicing. You know, the quote is from Deuteronomy 32, verse 43. And if you look at Deuteronomy 32, it's the song of Moses. This verse is almost at the end of that song. And it's at the very end of of Moses' earthly life. And he is still praising God. Rejoice. You know, that's actually a command. Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And his people are God's people. And so here Moses is rejoicing that the Gentiles, believers, and God's chosen peoples, the Jewish converts, will together be praising the Lord, you know, with gospel hope in Christ. You know, the third quotation there in Romans 15, 11 is, is a quote from Psalm 117, verse 1. You know, we read this as our, or referred to it uh, last Lord's Day. It's the shortest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 117, easy to memorize but rich in gospel truths. And just one verse, you know, praise the Lord. Praise Yahweh, the faithful, covenant-keeping God, all the nations, all the Gentiles. Let all the peoples extol him. You know, there, there's a, a little bit of a, a, a gracious distinction there between praising God, heaping praises on God, and extolling him. One definition of, of extolling came across was this, a context of adoration towards the power, glory, and sanctity of the Lord. We give God all glory and honor and praise. So the psalmist prays here. David's praise, Moses rejoicing, the psalmist prays, and now verse 12 Uh, This verse serves at the climax, the highest peak of a mountain range. If you've ever been out west, other countries, you see a whole range of mountains. They all look high, but there's always one uh, that stands above the others. And and that's the case here in Romans chapter 15, verse 12, quoting Isaiah 11, verse 10. But it also refers to Isaiah 11, verse 1. You know, the root of Jesse will come. You know, that, that's a, 
a gospel reference to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. You know, the root looks like the tree is dead, you know, but, but there is still life there. You know, the, the root of Jesse will come. Jesse was David's father. You know, David, as we know, was in Jesus' lineage. We see that in, in the gospel accounts in Matthew and Luke. You know, but the root of Jesse, and uh, we hear that same phrase used the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 5, verse 5. Great chapter, Revelation 5, verse 5. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, uh, the root of David, but we could also consider there the root of Jesse, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. You know, the root of Jesse, and going back to here to Romans 15, verse 12, the root of Jesse will come in Christ. Even he, still referring uh, to the Messiah, even he who arises or is raised up uh, there, there seems there to be an allusion to the resurrection of Christ, you know, Christ who was raised up from the dead for the glory of God. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. Jesus arose to righteously reign over the Gentiles. And in him... Will the Gentiles hope? And all believers will hope in him. And when, if you're, you're still a, a bit um, overwhelmed, a lot to chew on there in terms of, uh, of God's gospel truth, you know, hear this helpful summary uh, by J.V. Fesco in his uh, commentary on Romans. He writes, This was God's intention from the outset to redeem a people for himself so that they would glorify him. Paul marshals these quotations to substantiate the fact that it was God's intention from the outset to save the Gentiles so that they would praise, worship, and glorify him including the Gentiles, was never a backup plan. You know, and praise God. We all can be praising God. That, you know, that we have been embraced by the grace of Christ. We've been included. You know, we're, we're part of that family, not only of faith, but, but of worshipers. In Christ will the Gentiles hope. You know, here in Romans fifteen nine verse 12, scriptures give us as Gentiles a gospel foundation for praising and glorifying our gracious God with gospel hope. You know, praising God with great joy, gospel gladness, you know, for for the love of Christ. You know, to be praising God. You know, praise, sing, rejoice, praise, hope. 
know, some Sundays, you know, when we are considering hymns and, you know, Dirk and I have our own unique way that's developed over uh, a lot of Sundays. I have a few, he adds a few, and we uh, sort through the list, pray about it. But, you know, this, this Lord's Day, it was, for, for a change, easy, easier. A lot of hymns about praising God. Look, look at the hymns, you know, that we have sung this morning already. Praise to the Lord the Almighty, first one. May the peoples praise you. Uh, Psalm 67, all I have is Christ, but then the chorus, hallelujah, all I have is Christ, hallelujah, Jesus is my life. And our, our last hymn will be, all praise to thee, my God, this night. You know, to, to be praising uh, the God of hope. You know, not, not just on Sundays as we gather for corporate worship, that's a good thing. You know, but to be praising God Monday through Saturday. You know, praising God when we hear more bad news. You know, whether it's war, rumors of war, you know, doctors visit, family struggles, economic trials, whatever it might be. You know, praising the gracious God who gives us hope in Christ. But look at the last verse, Romans fifteen thirteen. We are to be praising God with gracious hope. So we are praising God with glorious hope, uh, praising God with gospel hope, finally to be praising God with gracious hope. If Romans fifteen thirteen sounds familiar... And I hope it does. It was our year verse in 2016. And then again, uh, this was our text for our 150th uh, Hope Presbyterian Church anniversary service back on November the 7th of 2021. You know, but, but there are verses of scripture that are like um, bottomless gold mines. You know, you, you, you keep coming back to them. And every time you, you look at them, you read them, you study them, you know, God by his Holy Spirit gives you glorious and, and gracious new truths here. You know, and especially seeing verse 13 as a concluding verse, and again the climatic verse to, to this section. We, we are to be praising the God of hope. Uh, Romans 15:13 can be considered as a prayer, the Apostle Paul's prayer, but, but a, also a benediction, closing blessing upon God's people here, both the Jews and the Gentiles. Uh, it's a powerful prayer that guides us as we praise the God of hope. Uh, but as well, this verse of Scripture should, should goad us, should spur us, into praising God. And we can use this verse as a prayer guide in our own lives, in our own walk of faith with Christ. First, you know, there's a sovereign hope. You know, may the God of hope, 
You know, the, the God who is the source of hope. You know, and the flip side of that is without God there is no hope. You know, that, that's the world in which we live. The living without God and there is no hope. And so the prayer here is, may the God of hope. For only our gracious God can provide us with gospel hope. John Murray put it this way, simply, he is the God who gives us hope, but generates hope within us. Gives us hope and generates hope in us. You know, a lasting, living, and, and loving hope in Christ. You know, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 puts it this way. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You know, the God of hope. You know, God of sovereign hope. But he's the God of salvation hope as well. Look at the next part of Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. You know, fill you. you know, again, you know, think of the water bottles. We'll, won't bring it out here. You know, God doesn't just give you a sip of joy and peace, you know, a taste, you know, a a coffee spoon of hope. You know, he he gives you a a geyser of hope, a a never-failing fountain of hope. May he fill you, continually fill you, daily fill you with joy and peace in believing. You know, this God of hope You know, in these uh, difficult gas price times, you know, the God of hope will continually top off your tanks with his joy and peace. You know, think of the rock in the wilderness. You know, the ladies have begun studying Exodus. When they get to Exodus 17, it's when Moses strikes the rock you know, by God's command, that time. You know, what does what does God do? Water from the rock gushing out. You know, enough water to satisfy the thirst of all of Israel, all of their children, all of their animals. You know, that that's the picture. Now may may the God of hope fill you with all joy. Gospel gladness, the, the joy of salvation. You know, not, not a fleeting joy, you know, but a, a forever joy. All joy and peace. You know, peace with God through faith in Christ. We, we saw that in Romans 14, verse 17. Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Back to Romans 15, 13, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. 
You know, by your faith in Christ, Christ the Son of God, Christ the Savior of sinners. It's a sovereign hope, the God of hope, salvation hope, fill you with all joy and peace and believing. But it's a secure hope as well, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. If you take a close look at uh, this verse, you know, it's a Trinitarian verse. The God of hope, all joy and peace in believing through faith in Christ and now the Holy Spirit. You know, so we are praising God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit uh, for his great and gracious love and care for us. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. You know, he fills us and we are overflowing with hope. You know, not hope in circumstances. You know, not hope in our health. Not hope in the stock market. You know, but hope in Christ. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit... You know, that was the promise of Christ, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You know, for you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Abounding in hope. John Stott put it this way, so joy, peace, faith, and hope are essential Christian qualities. You know, it's not a buffet, well, I'll take joy today. You know, they're, they're, they're linked together in, in a glorious gospel fashion. You know, we know that, that joy of salvation, that peace with God through faith in Christ. That faith in Christ, that hope, sure hope of salvation, hope of heaven. You know, and, and use this verse as a prayer guide. Or... or just to prompt you to praise God. You may have those days. We've all had them. You don't have to raise your hand. Say amen. You know those days when you're thinking, man, Lord, I'm struggling to praise you today. The clouds are dark. They're low to the ground. You know, and and here... Lord, we we praise you that you are the God of hope. You fill us with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of your Holy Spirit we may abound in hope. i close with this. Um, You know, last Tuesday night, March the 8th, I was given the gospel honor, and it really was humbled by it, uh, of uh, preaching at St. Mary's Missionary Baptist Church in Port Barry. Uh, Backstory here, if you you don't know it, St. Mary's Missionary Baptist Church was the the first church that was burned, you know, of the three churches. And so tried to reach out to uh, Reverend Sylvester by text, and uh, we finally were able to connect and talk and uh, you know, by God's grace, been able to, to get to know this brother in Christ. Our churches did a 
church picnic together uh, with uh, Brother Floyd Prescott's church, I think two years ago, just before COVID, laid us all low for a time, and um, then was out at their building dedication. They're well on their way to, to building uh, a beautiful new sanctuary church building there. And uh, grateful, uh, honored to be there. It, it was great to see um, smiling faces from uh, Hope Presbyterian Church out in the congregation because I was nervous. I don't think I'd been that nervous about preaching since uh, ordination sermon or preaching uh, my first sermon here. But um, it, it was a wonderful service. Ordinary means of grace. Prayed, read the word of God, singing of the Lord's praises, and no, I did not know the words to the hymns, but uh, joyful praising of the Lord. Offering taken at each of the services. There's a bold pastor. Midweek services taking an offering and um, preaching of the word, benediction, sweet fellowship time together and uh, encouraging to know uh, they're not bound by the clock either. Um, I was given an assigned topic, as was each of the the pastors, and that that made me even a little bit more anxious, and especially for a Presbyterian preacher, the the topic, the verse was uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. Uh, Galatians 5, verse 25, and and the theme for the revival services was in the spirit. And Galatians 5, 25, if we live by the spirit or we live in the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. You know, and as um, was preparing and as proclaimed God's word, we thought about the promise of the Spirit that, that God gave to his people throughout Scripture, the, the purity of the Spirit. When, when you look at uh, Galatians 5, you know, fruit, fruits of the flesh contrasted with fruit of the Spirit, you know, but, but especially the power of the Spirit, you know, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, to to bring that purity, also to give us power for the proclamation of the gospel. We are to be, to walk in the spirit, to be led by the spirit, to live in the spirit, to keep in step with the spirit. You know, and here in, in Romans 15 verse 13, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, You know, John Calvin, it was said, was a theologian of the Holy Spirit. We forget uh, that, um, that person and work of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit enables us by God's grace and for the glory of Christ to abound in hope. Especially the hope of salvation. No, that, that's that sure rock. Hope of salvation in Christ. Let's pray. 
Our Father and our God, we we praise you that we can praise you, that you call us to praise you. You give us gospel reasons to praise you. We thank you that we can never run out of reasons to praise you, Lord. That well should never and can never run dry. And Lord, may we as your redeemed children, Gentiles who have been grafted in, sinners who have been saved by grace through faith in Christ, may our church, this your church, be marked with praise of the God of hope. May our families, our marriages, our walk of faith be marked by praising of the God of hope. The God who gives us hope always. Hope of forgiveness of sins. Hope of the presence of your Holy Spirit. Hope abounding hope and joy and peace. The peace that comes through faith in Christ that we have been reconciled to God. We are beloved in Christ. And so, Lord, may we always give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.